0: Hello everybody, uh, I wanted to talk today about, um, I plan on speaking tonight in Shul, uh, Parsha Shmos. So I want to talk today about, I guess, the early life of Moshe. Moshe's initial going out into uh, the world, if you will. And the Torah tells us, it's basically about Shlishi, of, um, you know, Peri Be'ez, Aleph. So previously it says, in Pasuk Yod, it says Moshe grew up, and um, after his mother nursed him, he grew up, and um, his mother brought him to the Basparo. And she was raised by the Baspa. He was raised by the Basparo. And then it says in Pesachin It says it was in those days that Moshe grew up, and he went out to his brothers, and he saw in their um, their burdens, and he saw an Ishmitzri hitting a, a Jew from his brothers, and he looked both ways, and he saw there was no man, and he he hit the Mitzri, and he um, buried him in the sand, in the dirt. And then he went out on the second day, and there were two Jews fighting, and he said no to the Russia. Why are you hitting your friend? And the Jew said, as Chazazasi Adasanavir, and Rashi says, says, Who placed you to be an officer and a judge over us? Are you going to kill me? Do you mean to say that you're going to kill me like you killed the Mitzri? And sure enough, Moshe was afraid, and he, uh, he says, Ah, oh, hey, they realized. And um, sure enough, Paro heard about this, and he wanted to kill Moshe, and Moshe ran away. Okay. So, um, so there's a bunch of interesting things. That, um, so that's the story. The story is like, uh, I guess it's interesting, is the story according to the Pshat Shot of the story. Zanush is going out, sees a Mitzri hitting a Jew. He kills the Mitzri. You know, looks makes sure no one's looking. Kills the Mitzri, and uh, buries him. And then he realizes he gets caught. But Rashi through the midrashim like elaborate upon the story, give us a lot more detail. And the question is going to be, what is the overall question? It'll be a few individual questions, but overall question: What's Rashi doing? What's the point of like? It, it, there's so much more color to the story. And for what purpose? It seems like a reasonable story. Why add in all these new details? So let me give you some insight to so what I mean. So first of all, it says Rashi's bothered by it. It starts out by saying Moshe grew up. Posing beforehand says Moshe grew up. So he grew up twice. So I, mean, I think the plainest child would be he grew up, first time it's talking about he grew up, he was weaned. He was, you know, grew up from being an infant. And now he's grown up to being an adult. But Rashi says no. The first time means he grew up in size and stature. And the second one is Ligadullah that Paro appointed him on his house. So he's appointed in charge of Paro's house, okay, or some sort of a role in Paro's house, of Gadula. And then it says he saw in their, their burdens, Rashi says he put his eyes and his heart to be, to be pained with them, that he like looked into the pain and suffering of the Jews. So one question is, why, why was he doing this? Well, where does Rashi get in? Why do you need to say that? Why is it even relevant that he became appointed in Paro's house? And what was he doing? He's putting his eyes in his heart to take in the suffering of the Jews. Okay, then it says, "Who was this Ish-Mitzri that he saw hitting hitting the Jew?" So Rashi says he was a taskmaster who was appointed over the Jewish uh, officers, and he basically get them up first thing in the morning from Krosigever, right, at dawn. Your mom be like forcing them all day long from first thing in the morning. Okay, not clear why that's relevant. Then he says like this: He was Maka Ishivri. He was hitting his brother. Hitting a hitting a Jewish a Jewish man from from Moshe's brothers, Rashi says he was basically hitting him and deriding him. He says, this was this man, the Jew, was the husband of Shlomis Pasdevery. Shlomis Divri was a woman, a Jewish woman, and the Mitzri desired Shlomis Divri. So what he did is, in the middle of the night, he basically or took the husband and uh, forced the husband to leave his house. And then, while the husband was out of the house, this mitzri went into the home, into the bed, I guess, of Sholmes Bastevri. and I guess pre- pre- pretended to be um, the husband, and the woman actually thought it was her husband, and sure enough, and they slept together. And um, as a side note, they had a kid. The Makala later in the Torah was from this uh, kid, from this bia. Um, yeah, fine. So then, that, and then the husband came home. Uh, I guess later in the night, and he realized what happened, and when this mitzri saw, noticed what had happened, that the Jew realized, figured it out, so then the mitzri decided to hit the Jew and, uh, continuously, all day long. And that's what it means. That's why in he was hitting, when the pasuk is saying that he saw a mitzri hitting a Jew, it's saying that's what it's talking about. This mitzri hitting the Jew because the mitzri slept with the Jew's wife, and now the Jew found out, so therefore he's hitting him. It's a funny story. What's the point of the whole story? Why is he hitting him so much? What's the why are you you're hitting him, because you slept with his wife and he found that? Well, who cares? Why why would you do that? And what's the relevance? What does it teach us about the whole story? Why is it? Who cares? What's the importance of this? Okay, then it says uh, The Torah says he looked both ways before Moshe killed the Mitzri, He looked to make sure no one was looking. So the Rashi that's plain shot, but the Medrash is that it means He looked here and there. It says he looked what the mitzri did to the Jew in the house, and he looked what the mitzri did to the Jew in the field. I yes, it means that he slept with his wife and that he was beating him in the field. Okay, again, not clear why that's important. And then it says he saw the Mitsri, Moshe saw ki ain esh, he saw there was no man. Again, plain it means he looked everywhere and he saw there was no one around. It was, no one was going to tell on him. But Rashi says that no, what he saw there was no man, he says there's no man in the future who was going to come from this mitzri. Who would eventually convert? Before he killed him, he made sure that there was no no one who's going to come to convert, no future Jew who would emerge from this Mitzray. Which is strange. What is that like in Navua? I mean, he, he seems to be young now. Is he really an Avi at this point? And he's looking whether, obviously, if he kills him, then there's not going to be anyone coming from him. So if the future, I mean, if you look in the future, it's hard to understand what's he doing and why is he doing that. And let's say there was a Jew who's going to come from him then he's not going to kill him. Is that like a thing? When Bezin kills somebody, do they look into the future and see if there's going to be someone good to come from him? It's hard to understand why that's even relevant. And then lastly, another one where Rashi is, when the, the Dasam and Viram were basically fighting and Moshe critiqued them, criticized them. So they said, who made you an officer? Who made you a judge over us? You're a kid. And are you going to kill us? Do you mean to say you're going to kill us? So Rashi picks up and the language is funny. Are you going to say that you're going to kill us? What does it mean, say? Are you going to kill us? Are you going to kill me? So Rashi says, you see from here that he killed him with a Hashem HaMaforosh, with the name of uh, the ineffable name of God. What does that mean? He killed him with a name, Hashem HaMaforosh. It sounds almost like he said there were Hashem HaMavarosh and he died. Does that work? Is there a power of a name like that? And not only that, the passage in base says he hit the mitzri. So it doesn't say he spoke. It sounds like he hit so what what is the point of saying? What does that even mean he killed him in the Shayman my It seems to contradict the play of Shah and the Basak that he um, he hit him. Not that he spoke, but he hit him. Okay, so there's a lot of problems. Again, the overarching problem is what's the main what's what was the Rashi doing? Taking a plain, simple story and making it so much richer. For what purpose? What more is it? what's it trying to elucidate? Telling us all the background that Moshe came from you know, he was appointed in Pyro's house and now he's going to see his brothers. And now he the social Shlomot's every story and the fact that he's looking into the house and the field and he's looking into the future and he's kind of the Shemem So what's the point? What more is uh, Rashi or the Medrash trying to add to the story that it wouldn't have otherwise known? Right? Okay. So I, I think that, that um, it's giving us some insight into who Moshe Rabbeinu was. And if you just look at the Pesachim in the plain shot, you might get one idea of Moshe Reino, and then the Rashi is trying to show you, no, 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 that's not the way to look at it, look at it, you have to look at this story on a much deeper level so, the idea is that the flame shot, you might look at it as Moshe is, I don't know, almost naive, or somewhat of a renegade, he just like he just he's in the house of Mitzrayim, brought him to Mitzrayim he just decides to go outside and see what's going on, and he just starts killing people he just sees a Jew Mitzrayim hitting a Jew, and he just, uh, just kills him and what's, what's this plan? It almost sounds like an naive plan. What are you going to do? Obviously, the Jews are slaves. They've been throwing Jewish babies into the river. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to go to every mitzri who's hitting a Jew, and you're going to kill him? It's like, th- this is the economic situation. The mitzrim are hitting Jews. They're taskmasters, and they're slaves. So the whole thing just sounds like, what's the, what kind of plan is it? It just sounds like a short-sighted plan. What are you doing? Do you, do you think you're going to kill the whole country? Like, uh, it just doesn't, it sounds short-sighted, it sounds superficial, it sounds emotional, it sounds like it's like a rash type of a thing he's doing. And then he gets busted, and then he has to run away from his trying, like, what kind of, what? what is he thinking, what is that? Right? Okay, so, so I think that's what Rashi is trying to show you, is that that's not what happened. It's not just He the first mitzvah he saw, he decided to kill him, because he was hitting a jump. But... As it says, and I, I saw they they brought this down in, um, in the Sapphrist in the footnote. It says by a uh, mach by Yairish he was hitting the Jew. It doesn't say he hit in past tense, but he says it like present tense, which implies that there was like a a constant a um, quote the Mascula David. But it was like a a process. It wasn't just an isolated hit that he saw, but Moshe Rabenu investigated. And I think that's the main point of all these things, is that Moshe Rabbeinu was investigating. He was looking into it. It wasn't just an isolated hit, which he saw. But what happens? So so let me actually go back a teeny bit. So basically what happened is is Moshe Rabbeinu just got appointed to Koenzer he got appointed to the House of Paro, some sort of official position. And on the one hand, Moshe Rabbeinu, wow, that's great. That's like a promotion, but on the other hand, Moshe Rabbeinu knows that even though he was brought up in Mitzrayim, his underlying identity, I guess his mother was involved in bringing him up in some regard, not clear how much, but he knew his underlying identity was a Jew. His brothers were the Jews. And maybe he felt that given that he's getting an official political appointment in Mitzrayim, he's a little worried that he's going to get drawn into the culture, the mindset, the mentality, the identification with Mitzrayim. And he, he didn't want that. He specifically went out into the Jews to... to... um put his eyes and his heart to be pained with them, right? He, his eyes, his motions, his heart, he, he wanted to feel their pain and suffering. He didn't want to dissociate from the Jews. On the contrary, he felt his identity was with the Jews, and the Jews were suffering, and he felt like it wasn't appro- it wasn't appropriate to him to be out in the palace doing the palace thing and being a Mitzrayim, and when he knew that his brothers were suffering, and he felt like he... he, he, he it behooved him to look into their suffering and see if there's something to do about it. So sure enough, he went out and he saw this, this, this uh, guy, this mitzvah, beating him. But he wasn't just Sama Mitzi. Again, the, the, obviously the financial, and the economic reality is that there's taskmasters. But it's true, there's taskmasters and then there's taskmasters. And he, he looked into This is a guy who's especially egregious. It's going beyond the call of duty, beyond what it means just to be a taskmaster, which means you're forcing them just to work and um, you force them to work, to do their work. And that's your job. If they do slack off, then you beat them. Okay, that's one thing. But first of all, he's saying is like, you see he was like first thing in the morning, this guy. This guy was like zealous. He took it, he took his job like too seriously. He didn't give them any slack. He was mamish like on top of them from the very first second of the day. And then not only that, he his power got to his head. He basically, it's not, it's one thing if you, the financial situation is, is like your job is to get them to work. But why do you have to sleep with his wife? It's like nowadays he's like using his power to... And apparently he wasn't, he wasn't capable, for whatever reason, the, the the laws of the land was didn't allow him to just take the guy's wife or just to rape her openly. He had to, like, secretly sneak out by telling the Jew to go out in the middle of the night, and then he secretly slept with the guy's wife, right? So he's, like, using his ability, his his taskmaster ability, to send the husband out and then to sleep with his wife in the secretive way. And it's not clear, but I guess he thought he'd get away with it. But sure enough, when the Jew... Realized that apparently the Jew looked at him askance and he like um, had negative feelings and he made the mitzri uncomfortable maybe him feel guilty made him feel like you can't get away with this and sure enough instead of the mitzri feeling bad or blaming himself or saying I'm sorry or I don't know whatever he's like specifically like he's getting angered when he sees the Jew he's like angered by him and he's like taking out his animosity his hatred and you know the Jew is the one who gets the wife who he wants to be with I guess and he's like He's specifically, he's like, he's angry. And he's playing out his own anger, animosity, jealousy. It's not clear what on the Jew. So he's like taking again, he's taking his power. Now, you maybe he can't just go and hit people randomly, but like he's the taskmaster. So he's using this, you know, his role as a taskmaster to hit him. But ultimately it's not fueled by his job as a taskmaster, but it's it's this personal thing which he has about his wife and all that. So it's like, he, he this is a mystery who's going beyond what the... Zera, as I guess you will, or the financial, economic reality of them being servants, and he's like he's getting to his head. His power is getting to his head. It's corrupting him. He's using it to totally undermine the Jews, and he's undermining the Jews. In this, and that's what Rashi says. He saw. He saw what he did in the house. He saw what he did in the field. He saw that in his house. He's getting. He's. His power is using it to rape the guy's wife. In the field, he's hitting him all day long. He's waking people up early. This guy is like rotten to the core in every facet of his life, in his personal dealings, in his malacha, the way he does the work in the field. So what Moshe Rabbeinu is realizing, this is not just a normal mitzvah who's doing this job. This is a guy whose evil got to his head. It's, it's ex- extensive throughout his personality. And then he says, he, so there's no ish which means there's no one in the future going to come from him. So I think it not only means like he was a Navi in this regard, and he saw the future, and anyways, the future, of course, you're going to kill him. There's not, no one's going to come from him if you kill him. But I think it means like there's different types of evil. There's people who are evil in like, an isolated way. You know, in some regard, a guy has a problem with a woman, he's attracted to a woman, and that causes him to do terrible things, the, you know, maybe terrible things. But like in other regards, he's a good guy. And like people are in conflict, and people, it's not so simple. People are very complex you can have a person who's complex and they're evil, but they're good. And maybe they're they, they're evil. Maybe their kids are evil. But sometimes you have people who are like that or conflicted. They produce some offspring who take after the bad traits and some offspring take after the good traits. And there's like good and there's bad. People are complicated. And just because a guy currently is evil doesn't necessarily mean he's like worthless and um, he has no purpose to his existence. He may have certain benefits as well. And it's not so simple to just like, kill that guy. Like obviously if you're a court, then uh, you have to punish a person for the crime. But most not a court. He's just saying this guy's evil and I have to eradicate him from the world. There's no purpose for this guy and he's just causing harm. But maybe he would be causing good. Maybe there's something good about him and just tend to wipe and knock him out. It's not so simple. So like, for example, there's a passage that we know that Benos Moab and Benos Midjan were involved in trying to, in seducing the Jews and getting them to turn towards the Bodh But in the end of Parshat Pinchas, in the um, Midbar, Khaf Zion um, says, gather up the Mijanim and attack them, because they sent their, um, you know, they sent their woman after you, that whole thing. So Rashi says, because they were mafkir, their daughters, to uh, seduce the Jews, to get you guys to do par. And what about Moab? Moab was also involved. So he says, no, Moab, Hashem didn't command to destroy them, because of Rus, who was ultimately going to come from them. So you see that even though Mijanim and Moab are both involved in this egregious uh, crime, but the Midian was like rotten to the core and wiped them out, destroy them. Mo'av? Rus is gonna come from them, hi, who cares? Rus. But arguably it's saying is Rus is not an accident. I mean obviously you have to study Rus further and Moav further, but it's not what he's saying is Rus isn't just a coincidence that Rus happened to use her Bahira become Sadekis. But there's something in the Mo'av culture which enabled the Rus to exist. Rus didn't come from nowhere. There was a good quality about Moav. And that's what he's saying, it's like, yes, they did a terrible avera, but they're not, they're not worthless. They have a purpose, there's a, there's a future to them. There's certain qualities, again, I don't know what they are, but there's qualities which enable a rust to emerge. And therefore, he's saying, not so fast. And it could be as what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, is that, when he's looking, he's saying, is this guy is not an ish in any way whatsoever. Not in the present, not in the future. His evil has pervaded his entire personality. His bias and the sadda and the future and the present. This guy is totally worthless, and he did, he judged. And again, it's not so simple to make this type of a judgment. But Moshe Rabbeinu was a chacham. He is investigating. And even though it sounds like this was the first day, I think it's like it was the first. It was a stage. It was a stage of investigating. And this is what he looked into it. And that's why maybe when they said Moshe Rabbeinu accused him that. Are, are you saying that you're going to kill him? What do you mean saying? Killing is killing. Saying is saying. But he's saying, maybe what Rashi means. He killed him with Shem forest means it wasn't just an aggressive, you know, killing with his hands. Killing a guy with his bare hands is like an aggressive thing. You hate him, you're aggressive, you're angry, you're mad, you know, you would to go after him. It was a thought out, there was a message, there were words in the killing. The Shem forest means like, Moshe was studying the Shem forest, studying the Shem Moforosh, understanding What's going on? What's evil balance of Din and of Rahamim? And like he, it was, a, it was a killing based upon a philosophy. It was a thought out killing. He's, he was like, there were words to it. There was like, it was an expression of an ideology, of a mindset that there's, there's, there's Mitzram and then there's this guy who's evil. And I'm going to have to step up and eradicate evil. And that's what they were threatened. They didn't like that. He was going after them. He was saying, why are you hitting your brother? So they saw It's like is not just a guy who's just trying to help help Jews, but he's like, he's got a philosophy, he's thought out, he's involved in principles of studying, and somehow it's a bigger discussion, but like they were, they were apparently threatened by that, and they told on him, and when Moshe saw that Kal Yisrael had this type of tendencies, then, I mean, there's the other Rashi's about that, but he realized that the Jews aren't as sadikim as, as he thought they were. But again, I think the point is, is that from all of this, you get a sense that Moshe Rabbeinu was not just a renegade, who, a naive renegade who was just killing everyone he saw, but the them are painting a deeper picture. And Moshe Rabbeinu, part of his greatness is that right, in his, right from his youth, he was a thoughtful person and he was willing to act. But again, not just acting carelessly, but he was acting thoughtfully. And he thought, again, he, he he did get caught, but he didn't think the Jews would tell on him. He thought the Jews would appreciate this. He, that's why what, that's what he ended up getting caught, because he misjudged the Kha Yisrael. He thought Kha Yisrael were, they were, were being abused, then they'd never turn on him. But apparently they did. But uh, but again, through giving us all these uh, details, it's like filling out the picture and showing us how we should relate to, we see Moshe Avedo's greatness in his youth. A combination of Chachma and action, like midos, that he's, you know, courageously acting on his, you know, his uh, chachma. And he's uh, thinking through the whole situation, investigating, and then acting based upon it. Um, Yep, okay. So if anyone has any thoughts or comments, um, I'd love to hear them. Okay, take care. Good job.